Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is January 13th, two thousand. And 17. My name is Phil Prosperich. I'm the expert and editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. We have a interesting Friday show for you today. We'll talk some big picture stuff, as as we always seem to do. Is there's a lot of big picture things going on, and I think in light of the news that 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 came down on Thursday, uh, some some talk about leadership is definitely in order. As the Magic uh, are prepared to make another big lineup change or another big rotation change ahead of their game against the Portland Trailblazers. That'll be Friday night. 10 p.m. I believe it's a 10 p.m. game. 10 p.m. game on Friday night uh, as the Magic continue this West Coast road trip. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the, that rotation change and what it all means, but let's start off with a look at the opponent, the Portland Trailblazers. Um, this Portland team is what we kind of expected it to be. They are an offensive juggernaut. 107.3 points per 100 possessions, uh, ninth in the league. That's what you would expect when you have a guy like Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum, and those guys seem to really work well with the with the group that the Blazers have. I mean, we know Marie, we know who Maurice Harkless is. Um, they've got a lot of really good offensive players, and they just seem to fit together really, really well. And, and I think Lillard and McCollum fit that. This team, though, is really, really bad on the defensive end. 28th in the league in defensive rating, 108.9. So the Magic could very well get drawn into a shootout in this game. And if they do, I think they will struggle. As always, when it comes to these kinds of games, Portland is sitting at 18-23. and 23. Nothing too special. They're at their midpoint, actually, of the season. The Magic will hit their midpoint uh, after Friday's game. But uh, I think when you get into these games with the teams that are, frankly, a little bit comparable, it's really more about what the Magic are doing. Uh, and we've seen this pattern go where the Magic play one good game, one bad game, one good game, one bad game. They just played a good game against the Clippers, uh, or a relatively good game, at least against the Clippers. Uh, and they have a lot of development that they need to do. And and it's it's less so much about how are the Magic going to stop Damian Lillard. I mean, certainly that's important. It's less how are the Magic going to stop C.J. McCollum. Yes, that's important. But it's more important for the Magic right now to worry about themselves how are they going to play better defense, more consistent defense? How are they going to get the same kind of offensive effort that they had in the first and third quarters of Wednesday's game? Uh, how are they going to get that more often? How is Aaron Gordon going to react to another strong game? Is he going to ha- is he going to be able to match it? Can Evan Fournier get himself back on track? Can Nikola Vucevic get himself on, on track? Um, can you know all these all these rolling questions? Uh, and then, of course, you know we we have the big news, which which I'll be discussing in a little bit more detail in just just a little bit. But at practice on Thursday, both Josh Robinson of the Orlando Sentinel and John Denton of OrlandoMagic.com, they're the two guys trailing the team at the moment. Uh, Frank Vogel told the media there that the Magic plan to change the rotation up a little bit. They're going to play. Uh, Nikola Vucevic is permanently back in the starting lineup, so the Magic are officially back to their. 
uh, starting lineup from the beginning of the season, from the first game of the season. Uh, Alfred Payton, Evan Fournier, Aaron Gordon, Serge Ibaka, and Nikola Vucevic. It does appear Serge Ibaka will be back after the shoulder injury that kept him out of his first game this season on Wednesday. But Vogel said he's probably not going to turn to Biombo Vucevic lineups anymore. He's probably not going to go to the Biombo Ibaka lineup anymore because that has been a colossal failure this year. And he's going to play smaller lineups. Jeff Green is going to play primarily the four, not Aaron Gordon, Jeff Green. And Mario Azonia will re-enter the rotation. So those lineups, like I said in yesterday's show after the Clippers game, those lineups appear to have some effectiveness. Uh, and so I think it's an experiment. I mean, you don't want to be experimenting too much, but it, it 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 did merit a second look, and I think the Magic are getting it a second look. I think Mario deserves a second look. They're giving him a second look as well. Uh, so, it, again, it's more, you know, with all these changes then, it's more about what the Magic do than what the Blazers do. The Blazers are going to do what the Blazers do. They'll, they'll, they'll score a, a, ch- a good chunk of points. The Magic have got to find a way to slow them down. Uh, and again, it, with this Magic team, it's all about recommitting to defense. Can the Magic be a stronger defensive team than they were earlier in the season, or even Wednesday, or, or whenever? I mean, they've given up only, they've given up less than 100 points just once in the last month, it seems. Um, that game against the Lakers way back when. The Magic will have their work cut out for them. Portland is a strong offensive team. They've got players who can put up points in a hurry. Uh, Portland's coming off a very, very nice win over the Cleveland Cavaliers. Both team, a little bit of a schedule loss for for both teams actually, as a snowstorm in Portland prevented both teams from getting into the row into the row city until the day of the game. The Blazers actually arrived later than the Cavaliers uh, on that on that uh, uh, trip, but the Blazers won the game and they won it running away, and that's a big confidence builder. No matter what condition Cleveland's in, that is a big confidence builder for a young Blazers team that's trying to stay in the playoff race themselves. There's going to be a big, this is a big, big turning point game for both teams. And the Magic have to do have to have their work cut out for them. They're going to have to focus on themselves, their identity, and what they want to do, especially with new lineups, possibly bringing new energy, but also bringing in some unfamiliarity. They've got to do the work to win this game if they want to win it. Um, and obviously, I think a lot of us sense that the season is hanging a little bit in the balance. Magic are 0-2 on the six-game road trip. They've got four more opportunities, uh, big back-to-back this weekend. They'll play the Utah Jazz, who are the fourth seed in the West, probably the best team they're playing. Uh, not, I don't know. If, uh, yeah, I'll say it. They're the best team on this road trip that the Magic are playing. I think they're better than the Clippers. Um, Jazz are slowly getting back up to full health. They've got George Hill back, I believe. So Saturday's game, that's a 9 o'clock tip-off uh, in Utah. Utah's on a back-to-back as well, but they're at home Um that is a uh, 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 another big game for, for the Magic as well. Uh, they've got to close this road trip out strong to just stay above water and give themselves a chance when they do get back home. They have three games at home. None of them are easy. Uh, when they get back from this road trip, Milwaukee, Golden State, Chicago, those aren't easy games either. Uh, so this road trip's taken up a big chunk of the month, and the Magic have to have to salvage some wins to to stay afloat and, and keep pace in, in this increasingly busy Eastern Conference. Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. 
Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code boom to get $30 off your first month. That's boom. Talkspace.com slash boom. B-O-O-M. But let's talk in a little bit more detail about what these lineup changes mean. Frank Vogel said on Thursday that the Magic will be making a change to the rotation. Nikola Vucevic back in the starting line. That's something I've been calling for for a few weeks now. Um, I thought it was just time. His defense has improved a lot. I think he complements Serge Ibaka really, really well. He's done everything the team has asked him for, asked of him. His jumper's been a little bit off this year, but ironically, his defense has made up for the decreases in his offense so far this year. So I think uh, that is a good sign for the Magic, and I think that... Uh, that, that That is the right decision at this point, going back to the original starting lineup. As I've noted on a few occasions that I've looked into it, the lineup when they've played in the few minutes they've played since the original lineup change, they've played much better. I think there's a better understanding of what they need to do in, in the defense and offensive schemes than there was at the beginning of the season. So I think this is a good move to go to the original lineup. Adding Mario Azonia back into the rotation as well. I am for it at this point. Uh, I, we've talked a lot about Mario Azonia. He's obviously a big flashpoint among Magic fans. A lot of people are invested in him and want to see him do well. And like Vogel, I preached a little bit of patience. I said he'll get his opportunity. Right now the team is focused on other things. But slowly and slowly and slowly, it was feeling like the Magic just needed to change something in the rotation just to add some energy. And Mario Azonia was that change. Because of the injuries on Wednesday night, the Magic had to turn to Hazonia for meaningful minutes for the first time since mid-December, since early December, I think, against the Denver Nuggets. And Hazonia was not bad at all. He was actually pretty good, I thought. Um, defensively, still has some quickness, some issues with his lateral quickness. He doesn't stay in front of people very well, but that's something that he'll continue to learn how to do. He's getting got to get his rhythm back with his jumper, but his passing is extremely good, and he seemed to fit and, and do um, a lot of the things that the Magic... Uh, need him to do if he's going to stay on the floor. Uh, so I thought on Wednesday he earned a second look, and it appears Coach Vogel agreed, and, and he's giving him a second look and putting him into uh, the rotation at least. So we'll see what that brings. The Magic will also bring Jeff Green to the four, primarily playing the four. As long as he's not getting ISOs, I think that's fine. I, 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 I think... Uh, you know, Jeff Green's been been a bit of a mystery throughout the season, really throughout his career. But what does this all mean for the Magic? What what does this all mean? Well, I think the first thing that it means is the pressure is becoming very, very real. You, you don't make lineup changes, and, and coaches are a little more deliberate than, um, than fans want to be with, with lineup changes and rotation changes. Fans want immediate change. They, they, they make conclusions pretty quickly. Coaches, rightly or wrongly, take a little bit of time. And it's clear that with the season slowly kind of getting out of getting away from them, or at least the, the playoffs beginning to get away from them a little bit with these important games, the Magic are looking to change something up in order to uh, in order to get back on track. I mean, that's the, that's the only way to say it. The Magic are trying to get themselves back on track. And this is their way of doing that. It's, I don't know if the wholesale change is is completely necessary. It probably is 
to, to some extent. Uh, but the Magic are still a team figuring themselves out. And that's not good to say at the midpoint of the season. And typically, you know, the conspiracy theorists would say they're playing Mario this way to showcase him for a trade, or they're playing Jeff Green this way to showcase him for a trade. And that may very well be true. But it might also be what's best for the Magic. When you look back at Wednesday's game, the Magic played well with those small lineups. They played extremely well, actually, with those small lineups. They they did a good job uh, getting, you know, attacking. They did a good job. It, it just brought a different energy to the game. And I think matchup-dependent, it certainly can work. Certainly, when Biombo and Ibaka are on the floor together, that hasn't been working. Uh, the Biombo, you lose a lot of what makes Biombo effective when you take him away from the basket. And so I think putting him in a lineup where he's playing the center position with Jeff Green next to him will get him back to playing the way the Magic need him to play and, and what they signed him to do. So I think a lot of this is just kind of role correction, almost. Get players in positions to succeed. The Magic have a mismatched roster. We know that. If you want to play all the best players, the right amount, you know, the, the quote-unquote right amount of minutes, you're going to be playing some guys out of position. And and you can argue, we can argue Aaron Gordon on another day. We're not arguing him today. Um, but... It feels like this rotation change is a, ma- is a matter of putting players in that position to succeed and kind of giving in that some of the things that we wanted to try, some of the things that we attempted to do weren't working as well as we thought they would. And so now we have to change a little bit. Now we have to make some adjustments uh, and this will hopefully make the team a little bit better in the long run. That's where I think I come from on this. I think I think these are good changes. I think that the, this is something that the Magic should should do. Probably should have been done a while ago. Um, I'm sure people will still quibble about Jeff Green. Um, essentially, what the Magic have done is they've expanded their big man rotation from three players to four players. Uh, they've they've put Jeff Green into their big man rotation and then added Mario Hazonia to supplement the minutes that Jeff Green would normally be playing at the three. So it's not a huge... It it sounds like a big rotation change, but it's really not a huge rotation change. It's really just adding, you know, uh, like two... You know, adding like one piece to the puzzle that that maybe the team was missing. And I've I've said this since the beginning of the season. I think the Magic are still missing a kind of true power forward to play that backup four spot. Uh, And, you know, I guess their answer to that is, is Jeff Green for now. Um, we'll see how it works. If it if it completely blows up in their face on on Friday, they'll probably try it again Saturday. But uh, you know you're you're running out of roster combinations, and and when you you know make big rotation changes this late in the season, if those fail, the next thing you do is you make a trade. And so this this could very well be a prelude to a deal, a kind of last gasp before the Magic pull the trigger on something and 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 try and change their fortunes that way. Another big issue that we've discussed on OrlandoMagicDaily.com in a few different ways, I'm, I'm sure I've talked about it a little bit on the podcast. These episodes are beginning to run together. It's you know that's what you get for doing a daily podcast. Is a question of leadership, and you know I don't want to impugn anything or, or, or assume something that. I don't see or I don't know about um, because, you know, I'm not hanging out with the team or, or behind the scenes at practices or, sh- or shoot-arounds or in those, you know, quiet moments on the plane. But 
there is certainly a feeling, and I think it's a legitimate one, that the Magic are not quite getting everything they can out of their veterans, both on the floor and in the locker room. Certainly, I think there's an intention there. I take Bismack Biombo for example. When Bismack Biombo speaks to the press, he says the right things about what the team needs to do and how the team needs to pull themselves together and work together and, and speak up and do you know all those things that, that teams need to do. And it seems like he wants to step into that leadership role. At the same time, he has really struggled on the floor. He has really struggled to kind of be what he preaches on some nights. It's not that he's not playing with energy. It's not that he's playing without energy or he's he's doing, you know, particularly anything egregious. But, you know, he'll overplay plays trying to block shots. He'll, you know, be out of position. Like, he, he is as guilty of mistakes as anyone on the team. And so, you know, I think... When it comes to leadership and the Magic, this has been an issue that's been ongoing for a few years now. Who is the guy that that everyone turns to to fix things, to show them the way, to, to show them the, not only show them the ropes, but guide them through this learning how to win on the court? And I think that's something that that has really been missing. The Magic had a lot of young guys, and those young guys took leadership roles, but they didn't know how to be leaders on a successful team. I mean, Tobias Harris, Victor Oladipo, Alfred Payton are probably all good leaders, but their experience is very limited. And when you look at the veterans on those Magic teams, they weren't the strongest veterans, to be honest. Channing Fry, good-natured guy. I love Channing. You know, you you talk to you could talk to Channing for hours, but he's a role player, and I think there's there is something to having a key starter who is outspoken and can carry a team. I'm not necessarily talking about a star. I'm talking about a key starter that just serves as the foundational bedrock for the team, that when everything seems to be coming down around them, he is a, a, not a reflection and an echo of the coach in getting everyone back on the same page. It really felt like we had that moment of leadership in the first game against the Lakers at the Amway Center. When players told us that Serge Ibaka and Bismack Biombo pulled the team together and said, get into your man, we've got you at the rim. It's one thing to say, we've got you at the rim. It's another thing to go out there and do it. And from the very first play, and it might have been a goaltend that first block, but from the very first play, Serge Ibaka blocked that shot and the Magic were off to the races. Nine blocks in that first quarter set the tone for the entire game. It wasn't just leadership of words, it was leadership of action. And it brought everyone's momentum up. I think that's still something that's missing from this team. And it it may not be anybody's fault. I think Biombo's well-intentioned and wants to do it. Serge Ibaka, I think he does it through example, and and I think he does it a lot behind the scenes as well. Um, But he was the third guy in Oklahoma City. He's still kind of, I think, learning how to how to assert himself more, and we've seen him improve throughout the second quarter of the season uh, to, to become probably the Magic's best overall player this year. We've seen this, you know, I think we see it a little bit in 
I'm trying to think now, uh, in Jeff Green a lot. I think Jeff Green is a big sounding board for this Magic team. But again, he doesn't perform on the floor, and so it's tough to tough to want to follow that follow him necessarily. And and and, and you know. You know, and then you go through all the young guys. Alfred's still, you know, Alfred, third year in the league. He's a point guard. He should be a leader. And I think in some ways he still is. Uh, but he's still got a lot of growing to do and a lot of experience to gain. And I think that's where the Magic are at as far as this leadership question is. There isn't that one guy that kind of stirs the drink. I mean, that's that's how I like... I, I like the Reggie Jackson analogy. The straw that stirs the drink. There isn't that one guy. And I, the question is, is this a problem? And I think in some ways it is. I think it is still a big problem for this team. That the pecking order hasn't been clearly defined. That uh, the team hasn't fallen in line to an identity. I think if you have a strong leadership core, if you have a strong group that buys into what the coach is doing and lives it by example, lives it on the court and teaches it off the court as an extension of the coach. You know, I think this team would be in a different spot than it is now. But, you know, it is what it is. It's it's a hard thing to find. You know it when you see it. Winning helps, you know, people listen to everybody. Um, You know, obviously there's a lot of contract years going on too. So everyone's kind of worrying about themselves a little bit as well. Uh, it, it, it's it's been an interesting mix this year, and I, again, I don't want to impugn anybody. There, there's a lot probably going on that that I don't know about, um, that we don't know about. But we look at the results on the floor, uh, and I think, especially in those tough moments, the Magic needs someone who's going to need a player specifically, who's going to rally the team and get them on on his side and and get and and lead them there. Not just say it in words, but do it. And we've seen that a few times throughout the year, but like everything else, it hasn't been consistent. And and I think this part is a little bit of a problem, obviously. Not not the biggest problem for the Magic, but but, but a big problem nonetheless. I want to thank everyone again for listening to Locked on Magic throughout the week. A little bit of a shorter episode for you here on a Friday, but that's all good. Uh, you can always follow the podcast on Audio, Audio Boom, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, and Stitcher. We do appreciate all the reviews and warm thoughts that you give us uh, about the podcast. Uh, appreciate all the listens as well. We've been doing really, really good. I'm always really, really impressed to see um, you know how much people love the show, so I do appreciate that. Um, you can always contact the show on Twitter at Locked On Magic, as well as on Facebook. Uh, give us a like at Locked On Magic. You can follow me on Twitter at OMagicDaily. And if you want to drop a line to the show, whether it's a question, a topic you want discussed, a question for the for our mini mailbags that I want to start doing every Friday again, uh, and or even like an advertising inquiry if you want to advertise on the show, uh, send me an email at OMagicDaily at gmail.com. I'm happy to answer and discuss all topics magic with you, both on the air and off the air, if, if, if needed. Uh, I can't believe I'm getting to this, the last thing I'm going to talk about on today's show. Um, A big, hearty, loving congratulations to the one and only Anthony Penny Hardaway. The Orlando Magic announced on Thursday, should have led the show with this, announced, announced on Thursday that Penny Hardaway will be inducted into the Orlando Magic Hall of Fame next Friday, January 20th, uh, when the Magic take on the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, We'll be there for the induction ceremony, which will happen before the game, uh, and then 
Penny will be honored during the game as well, as well as be on the telecast for the Magic in the second quarter. Um, always good to have Penny back in Orlando. Uh, we'll have more thoughts on Penny Hardaway uh, as we get closer to the Hall of Fame induction next Friday. Um, obviously, I, I know I grew up, Penny Hardaway was my favorite player. Um, I, I um, So I'm very excited to see him in, in town. And, and it's always good to have Penny, Penny home uh, in Orlando. I, he's doing great things in Memphis. He needs to be in Memphis right now because he's doing amazing things in that community in his hometown. But always good to have Penny back in his NBA home in Orlando. Very happy to see him join the Orlando Magic Hall of Fame. It was not a matter of if, but a matter of when do you want to come here. And and apparently Friday is that day. I will leave you with that for the weekend. Have a great weekend, everybody. For Locked On Magic and OrlandoMagicDaily.com, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. We will see you all on Monday for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.